this is Ruth L. Snyder, and you are listening to Choices from Struggle to Strength. I'm happy to have Marcia Laycock with us today. Welcome, Marcia. Thanks, Ruth. It's really great to be here today. So, Marcia, tell us what you are passionate about and why. Well, I think I'm most passionate about helping others to discover and recognize the mercy and grace of God, um, the way he leads us to places of peace and contentment and a place that we can call home, a place that feels like home to us. That thread kind of runs through almost everything that I write. Hmm. And we live in a very troubled world, so people definitely are looking for peace. Yes, absolutely. So share a bit about your story and the difficult events you have experienced. Well, I think one of the most difficult times I've had in my life, like many, many others, too many others, um, I have, I'm a cancer survivor. Mm. So I've gone through the whole process of having chemo and radiation treatments. I was first diagnosed in 2011, so it's been some years now, and thank the Lord there hasn't been any recurrence to this date. The first, I had um, di been diagnosed with breast cancer first, and then after having the radiation treatments, they discovered another cancer uh, that was actually caused by the radiation. So then I had to go through another bit of a process after that. Um, so it was, it was a very difficult time. It was a time when I was crying out to God a lot um, mm -hmm. for his help and to just to, to know that he was there. And he responded over and over again in some wonderful ways. So was there a particular time during your struggle when you knew you had a choice to make? Yes, there was one particular time after I'd, I'd had a, a dose of chemo for a few weeks and then they decided to try a different cocktail of drugs. Mm. And the doctor said that this would be easier um, to, you know, to get through. And unfortunately it wasn't, it was the worst part of the time. It, it turned out to be um, worse than the, the previous cocktail of drugs they'd been giving me. So it was, I really, I got to the point where I really didn't want to continue. I, I just was laying on my couch moaning and wishing that it was all over. And I realized at that point that I did have a choice to make. There was a really neat experience. It was a, a really, really gray day mm -hmm. outside and inside. And, and I was just really down in the bottom of the pit. Mm -hmm. And I woke up at one point and there were, I had a little spider plant over by the window. And this shaft of light had just come through the window and struck the spider plant. And these little, tiny little white blooms had just come out on the spider plant and the, the light hit them and just made them look like they were glowing. Mm. And it was just, I just felt like God was saying to me, I'm here, mm. I'm with you. Mm. And I knew at that point I had that decision to make, either I could stay there in the bottom of that pit mm -hmm. or I could trust him. Mm. with everything that was happening, with all the medical interventions and the other things that were going on in my life and the outcome, whatever that outcome was going to be. Mm. And I chose to trust God because I knew he was there. Mm. Thank you for sharing with us. 
How has your struggle with cancer made you a stronger person? Well, it certainly helps to realize that God is beside you all the time. I think that that strengthens me every day mm -hmm. to get through the things that, that can come up. You know, life is so unpredictable. You never know what's going to happen from day to day. Mm -hmm. And I, I just don't think I could get through some of these things without that mm -hmm. understanding of who God is and that he's, he's there beside me the whole time. And it's also um, pushed me to write about it, to communicate those experiences to other people. Mm -hmm. And I've had many responses from people that, you know, have said that something I wrote has helped them get through something in some way. Mm -hmm. And that's really, that's just the joy of writing and it keeps that's me going. It keeps me writing. Mm -hmm. so those those doors that keep opening up like that are are just um, just tremendous encouragement to me. Mm -hmm. God doesn't waste that, our pain, does he? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. He just he uses everything that we go through, mm -hmm. and I think it's important to to share those things, to be in community with people, and to you know to know that others are going through these same things. Mm -hmm. I think not feeling alone really, really helps right. in those times. And it's hard to share our stories sometimes because it's hard to be vulnerable. But like you said, there are other people going through the same thing or similar things. And often they do feel alone. And if we don't share our stories, then they don't know that there's other people that understand. Exactly. Exactly. I remember a time I was um, this was when my, my husband was pastoring a church and we were living in this little house in Pinocchio, Alberta. And I had a neighbor, a young woman, very young. She was only about 17 and she just had a, a little baby mm. and did not have very much support. Her family wasn't very supportive. And this baby had colic. Mm. So he was screaming all the time through the night and through the day. And this poor girl was just a mess you know she hadn't been sleeping and trying to take care of this baby and she was so young and you mm -hmm. know she, she was really just a child herself in many ways mm -hmm. and she came over one day I had invited her to come over for a cup of tea and she came over and the baby was screaming and I took the baby from her and kind of just walked around and joggled him a little bit to try and calm mm -hmm. him down. and and she confided in me that you know she she was having bad thoughts about this baby and she was it scared her it frightened her mm -hmm. and I just kind of told her that you know I had a child who had a bit of colic too my firstborn she would scream through the night sometimes mm -hmm. and you know and and I said it's normal to be you know you haven't been sleeping you probably haven't been eating properly you know you you're you're having a hard time and mm -hmm. you know just to recognize that and to know that these things are normal this mm -hmm. you know other people have gone through it. Mm -hmm. And just saying that was such a relief to her, mm -hmm. you know, that she wasn't this evil person who right. was, you know, thinking these things about her newborn baby. And eventually, you know, she got through it, but it was a hard time for her. Mm -hmm. It can seem really black and hopeless when you feel alone, for sure. Yes, I think that's, that's part of the devil's plan. Mm -hmm. to keep 
isolated and keep us thinking that we're totally alone in what we're going through. So what advice do you have for people who are going through struggles, who feel alone, who feel like there's no hope, like the darkness will never end? Maybe they've just received their cancer diagnosis. Well, I think number one, cling to the rock. Mm -hmm. Cling to Jesus because he's the one who can get you through these things and reach out to others. You know, I think uh, there's there's a lot of support now for people who are going through things like cancer, or medical issues. There's usually support groups that you can connect with. And I think that's really important, again, to not feel alone and to know mm -hmm. that others are, are going through things, too, and there to help. You know, there's lots of resources there. So not to withdraw. And I think a lot of us tend to kind of want to pull back and withdraw right. mm -hmm. and maybe don't tell anyone that what mm -hmm. we're going through. And I think that's a mistake. I think it's, it's important to reach out and to be in community with people. Right. So what would you say to people? I have never had cancer. And sometimes I don't know how to be there or how to encourage people that are going through that. What would you say to us? I think just even if you've never been through something like that yourself, just to to be there, just to be a friend, mm. you know, offer to to help in some way, offer to, you know, bake some cookies or bake a meal or, you know, help them house clean or whatever, you know, any of those kinds of physical needs. Sometimes okay. that it's really a big help to have some someone come alongside to do that. And there are organizations, too, that um, I, I received a a beautiful quilt, handmade quilt from mm. a group near my hometown that had, and the, these are groups all over Canada and the United States that create these um, wonderful quilts for cancer patients. And you mm. can put your name or someone else can put your name on the list and then they connect the, the group that's closest to you. Mm. And one day you get this wonderful delivery of this lovely quilt wow. and, you know, things like that. And, you know, if just joining a group like that, being part of something that's helping other people who are going through difficult things, just gives such a boost to those who are, are in pain or in suffering in some way. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit more. You mentioned that writing was one way that one door that opened after your journey through cancer. Tell us more about what that writing looks like. Do you have a book or blogs or where can people find that material? Um, well, then I found a really interesting little website, but it's a link where you can go, you know, sometimes when people do know that, that you're going through something like this, you can get bombarded with questions and with people wondering how you're doing. And this website was just a place where you could tell them to go here to get updates. Okay. And you can post things in there to let people know how you're feeling, what's happening with your um, treatments and all those kinds of things and I found that really helpful and I posted quite a bit on there um, just to to give updates to people and then you know I didn't get quite so many phone calls right because they knew they could go there and check up on me and it's nice to get the phone calls though too sometimes but uh, sometimes it can be overwhelming so that was good and I also have written um about some of it in on different blogs, different places where I've guest posted. Mm -hmm. uh, and there, I think there are some devotionals in my devotional book, uh, Spur of the Moment. Okay. There are some pieces in there from that time when I was going through cancer. 
I just want to go back to, you mentioned you appreciated receiving phone calls, but some days you receive too many. So if somebody is calling a friend who has cancer, how can they give the person an out if they don't have the energy to talk, but, but not, you know, sometimes we just say, well, I won't call because I don't want to bother them. Mm, yeah. So yeah I, think, I think it's just good to be open and, and honest right at the beginning and just say, you know, is this a good time? Mm -hmm. You know, can I, do you want to talk or, you know, should I call another time or what can I do kind of thing. So just to let people know that they, they don't have to try and stir up that energy to, to talk with you if they really just don't feel that they can in that moment. Anything else that you'd like to share about your cancer journey? Um, just that, you know, sometimes we hear a lot of negative things these days about the the people in the hospitals, the nurses, the doctors, and, you know, there are times when, when there are frustrations with, mm -hmm. with the process and with the treatments and all of those things. But, you know, I just really thank God for the, the, the team that I had, the people that worked with me, the nurses, the, the doctors. Um, it was, there were some things that, you know, I think maybe could have been approached in a better way, but they were all doing their best. They were doing, you know, what they could. And I think they genuinely care for their patients in, in most cases. And I think it's, it's important to realize that, you know, to try and be as gracious as you can, even mm -hmm. in those times when you're not feeling like you want to be. Right. Uh, because they're, they're, they might be having a hard day too. Mm -hmm. so, you know, just to, to keep those things in mind. I think we all need to remember these days, especially that, we need to be kind because we never know what the other person is going through. Yes. Yes. That's so true. I remember I was stocking some bookshelves one time. I used to work for a, a Christian book company and went around Alberta stocking bookshelves with, with books on racks and hospitals and mm -hmm. pharmacies and different places. And one time I was doing that and I was sort of feeling sorry for myself, you know, like, gee, I'm here, here I am, you know, putting other people's books on these racks. I wish it was my book, my books I was putting <laughs> on these racks. And then I turned around and there was a young girl standing there and she asked me if I knew anything about the flowers. There was a, a florist display behind me. And I explained that, no, I didn't. I didn't actually work there. I was just there to stock the bookshelves. And, and she said, oh, and she said, I'm looking for something for my my friend but she said I don't really know what to get and and she said she's dying hmm. and she said and so am I oh, and wow. she had a terrible disease that so far they hadn't found any kind of help for hmm. and it was just you know it was a divine appointment for me to be that bit there that day to just chat with her a little bit and try and encourage her. And I think, you know, those kinds of things, we need to be aware of the people that are around us and what they might be going through mm -hmm. and find ways to, to maybe help in some small way. Thank you for that reminder. Sometimes it's, well, it's always easy to get busy with our own lives and our own, even like you said, how come my book isn't being put out on that rack? But Thankfully, you were there enough and you listened to God's still small voice to be there for that girl, even though you could have just said, no, I'm sorry, I don't know about the flowers and gone back to what you were doing. But you took the time to listen and she told you what she was going through. Yeah, I think it's really important, like I said, to, you know, just pause a little bit 
and you know be aware of that person sometimes you know like you said we get so busy with what we're doing and focused on what we're doing and we don't recognize the people around us are going through stuff i was just saying to my husband i had a wonderful thing happened to me years ago this was at a writers conference i was asked to teach at one of the inscribed conferences and i had had a frozen shoulder i don't know if you've ever had that but it's a very very painful thing mm. and i was i was in pain i had been taking some you know uh, tylenol or something for it i think but it wasn't really working very well and i was walking through one of the the rooms there in the at the conference and this lady came up to me and she said you're in pain aren't you and i hadn't told anyone there that i was and i looked at her and i said how did you know and she said i know a lot about pain mm. and she was a woman who'd been through a lot of terrible med- medical things things that left her in a bad way and she was often having to have an, a morphine patch for the pain that she was in and it just amazed me you know that someone who was in that kind of condition all the time it was chronic for her mm-hmm. was aware you know of what i was going through and recognized that i was in pain but she also knew what it meant to hear that somebody understood right Yes, for sure. Thanks for sharing with us today, Marcia. What is the best way for people to connect with you if they want to know more about you and your writing and your books? Um, well, through my website, marcialilaycock.com is my website. And I'm also on Facebook. Um, and that's just Marcia Laycock on Facebook and Instagram. Marcia Lee Laycock again, and on Twitter a bit as well. So any of those places you can kind of catch up with me. I've been posting a fair bit on Instagram lately, which is a new thing for me and kind of fun, mostly because I'm I'm working at producing a children's book right now. So it's been really fun working with an illustrator and I've been posting little things of her sketches and things she's been sending me for the book. So that's been really fun. So if you want to catch up on that, that's where I am. On my uh, website, there is a spot there where you can sign up for either the blog that I do on my website, which is mostly a devotional blog mm-hmm. or newsletter, which is called Home Words. And you can sign up for that there. And that's that keeps you updated on everything that's happening with me. <laughs> even my dog I post pictures of my dog (laughs) what's the name of your dog (laughs) her name is Livy she's a a Bernadoodle just a lovely little dog she's quite funny and for those of you who have never met Marcia before she has written quite a few books and Marcia do you want to just give us a summary of of your books so that people have an idea of the different topics that you tackle sure yeah I've um, well my first book was spur of the moment which is a devotional book and it kind of wanders all over the place there's no particular theme to it but uh, it's just um, a weekly I wrote a weekly column for a newspaper uh, for about 20 years or so so it's a compilation of some of those pieces from the that, that I wrote for the paper and then I've written a couple of smaller uh, devotional books that are a little more focused one that's called um, celebrate this day which is kind of mostly written for people who um, might be in ministry of some kind and are asked often to bring a devotional on a special occasion like Mother's Day or Father's Day, Christmas, Thanksgiving, those kinds of things. And then I have one that's called Traveler's Advisory, which is all about uh, traveling in different ways. 
So those are all the devotional ones. And then I've written um, three, a series of three uh, young adult fantasy novels that were really fun to do. And that's geared to about age 12 and up. And then I have one standalone book for that age group too, that's also a fantasy. And I've written two contemporary novels. My first traditionally published um, book was a novel called One Smith Stone, which won the Best New Canadian Christian Author Award when it was published. Then the sequel to that is A Tumbled Stone. And now I'm working on the children's book. So kind of had my fingers in all kinds of pies. Yes, One Smooth Stone was the first book that I read by you, and I really appreciated it because of the theme of fostering and some of the challenge that Indigenous people go through. So thank you very much, and I look forward to having you on my Twitter space, and we'll talk more then. Okay, thanks, Ruth. It was great to be here. <laughs>